You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the So You Can Relate podcast. This is episode 25. What a beautiful, beautiful number. I love the number 25. I am Adafala. And it's your girl, Joyce. Yes, and I was just telling Joyce about the fear I have for my wedding day. Now, if you've listened to episode two of our podcast, and since then, you know that I've been on a bit of a, a journey in terms, of, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of love and relationships and my perception of all of that and marriage and stuff. And I think what's good is that I think I've come not full circle, but I've come like a a pretty flower you know the shape of a flower (laughs) yeah yeah I've done ins I've done outs you know I'm not back where I started because where I started wasn't a wasn't a very good place but now I'm Mm -hmm. in a place where I'm like happy with how I perceive things so I'm not against marriage anymore I think you know it can it in there is a world in which it can be beneficial to a woman but it has to be the right context I think it's I still think what's the word socially is very hard for it Mm -hmm. Beneficial for women or more beneficial for her, but I do yeah. see some benefits in the context of a Christian marriage where she is loved by her husband as much as Christ loves the church. Because, like we said a long time ago, the only person worth loving unconditionally, or the only person worth submitting to, I mean, is somebody who loves you as unconditionally as Christ loves the church. And that's that's on people. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, off that tangent. So now I'm thinking, okay, I could get married, fair enough. But now I, <laughs> now I have a healthier perception of it. And I was thinking, okay, so even if I do get married, I have a fear of my wedding day because I know that I'm going to be so awkward. <laughs> I literally, like, I think since I was a child, I literally just feared like every aspect of it. Yeah. I do think it's exciting. Like, you know, I'm getting married, whatever marriage excitement that brings you. But it's mm-hmm. like just dancing with my husband. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I tell you. Or even the thought of like walking down the aisle. Yeah. Stupid two step I have to do. Like, I'd rather walk at a normal pace. Oh, I definitely. Please don't come and shame us. Brisk walking down the aisle. I know it looks weird. I think there's no <laughs> nice way to walk down the aisle because the two-step looks so silly to me. Like the one, two, wait, one, two, wait. Yeah. I'm walking at a normal pace. Neither am I going to skip down the aisle either. So it's like, yeah. how do I get from it, the door to the man? Do you know Do you know what's so funny? Because you're talking about walking down the aisles reminds me. Do you know what I find so cringy? Uh, I've seen so many videos where either the bride will be singing down the aisle or the groom is singing while she's walking down. Don't do that. Do not. It's so awkward and it's so cringy. They'll be like, when I first saw you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I do have, do you ever have like daydreams that you go back to? Like the same daydream. Yeah. 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 My, day, <laughs> my daydreams. It's a wedding day one and it's me and my husband. <laughs> Duetting. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's us duetting um My First Love by Kiki Waya and Avant. That song mm-hmm. is beautiful. Okay. And I know it's cringy to sing at your wedding, but if there's any song I was to do at my wedding, it would be that it would be that. Oh. <laughs> I can't it's not happen. It's not gonna, I won't like happen. I don't even know how you control it. For me, if I was forced and literally forced to sing at my wedding, I would start laughing. Like, I, and like you talking about that, like, having a phobia of your wedding day, I get it. Because for me, 
I feel like it will go one of two ways. Either I'm going to be so emotional, like every little thing is going to make me want to cry, like, mm. or I'm just going to find everything funny. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to find a balance because oh, I feel like you've got so much emotion associated with that day. Mm-hmm. Especially for like women, I feel like it's, it's definitely a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Yeah. Remember episodes ago when you were like, you don't believe in happy tears. Mm-hmm. I think we use the example of a woman getting married, like, or just getting married, full stop, and mm-hmm. like, you're crying, um, and you're crying because something is dying, which is like, <laughs> I don't say your freedom, but let's say your singleness, or that, you know, the single baby life, or whatever. I yeah. think, for me, I mean, pos- at least for me, maybe even for you too, it's like, what I would be sad about is like, I can't be a baby girl anymore, like, I have to just, I have to be a wife. The word wife makes me feel sick. Honestly, yeah. I like the word, I feel like we need a new word, because it's been so tainted. <laughs> you feel like, I honestly get you, you feel like this, because there's so much things associated with the word wife, especially, like, I feel like, in the African context. Yeah. But I feel like there's just such a weight of responsibility, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is, but sometimes I feel like this sense to, I think because at a young age, Aside from like relationships and being a wife, I just had a lot of responsibility in my personal life yeah. in terms of like even like just at uni, like taking on a lot of responsibility in societies and stuff. Mm. And now coming out of that to a space where I'm kind of I have much less responsibility. I remember saying to my mom, like, I'm so happy, like, you know, I'm much more free and I, oh, the responsibility was a lot. And my mom said to me, responsibility is a privilege. And I was like, okay, well, do you know what I mean? But I guess you have to kind of see it in that way, that like, even with you, like, you know, getting to spend the rest of your life with the person you love so much, it's a privilege. So, like, even though it comes with its responsibilities, hopefully it'll be worth it because it'll be the right person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I guess, yeah, you just have to spin it on its head and see it like that. But I saw TikTok yesterday and I recommend it. People should get TikTok. I know you will bash it, but sometimes you like get so much wisdom from like little clips, little videos on there. Mm-hmm. I saw a video and this girl was basically saying that um, you like, when you're, um, for example, if you're single or if you're just dating and basically any stage before like being married, you should kind of appreciate that stage because once it's gone, it's gone. And she was like, I can just imagine myself being 40 and married and kind of looking back on my early 20s or mid 20s and wishing that I kind of soaked it in a bit more and enjoyed that stage way more. And even now, like when I think back at secondary school, I wish I soaked it in way more than I did. Do you know what I mean? And I had a blast and I did soak it in. So imagine if I was constantly like, oh my gosh, I just want to grow up. I just want to be 18. I just want to be 21. I just want to, you know, be a graduate. Like always yearning for the next stage of life without appreciating the one you're in now. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just never want to be that person. That's why like, I just try to enjoy the ride. Yeah. And yeah. I think one good thing about that um, is you realise that now. Like, I think I wrote in the, like, a blog post that I wrote a few months ago or something. I was like, I called it like, I'm living like a teenager with experience, something like that. <laughs> because I don't, yeah. now that I'm 22, I don't feel like I'm an adult. But I don't feel like I'm a teenager either. But I know in terms of adult years, I'm still quite young, if you get what mm-hmm. I mean. So I do still feel like a teenager sometimes, but I still have like much bigger responsibilities. I'm like, oh, if elements of my life are still very teenagery, but I'm still kind of like an adult, I can almost 
it's like I can I don't want to say live my teens again because I'm not trying to be young again but I can kind of live like a teenager again but do mm-hmm. things that I wish I did now that I'm an adult looking back on being an actual teenager do you get what I mean yeah yeah I said, oh I was 15 and I wish I enjoyed being whatever freedom when I was 15 I have that freedom now because I'm only 22 and there's still so many more years to live so now mm-hmm. I and experience it and really appreciate it which is what I wasn't doing seven years ago because I, I thought 15 was old and I was about to do my GCSE, so my life's been... Honestly, you know? um, so. we, we love to look back and like kind of romanticise that part of our life, but you're really forgetting that when you were 15 and you were you know, living your life and you didn't have to worry about bills or adulting or anything... When your mom told you it's seven o'clock, you have to be back. You didn't like it. Like there were parts of your childhood that you didn't enjoy and you wish you could grow up. And now you've grown up. Yeah, you have that freedom or whatever comes with aging, but it kind of comes with this responsibility. So it's like a double-edged sword. We always like to remember the good times. Like, and people often say that like, whenever like you're thinking about going back to like um, a relationship or a friendship that didn't serve you, in that process, you're kind of thinking of all the good times. You're not remembering when that person really disrespected you. Oh, fuck about it. You're actually not remembering it. You're just remembering the good things. So I feel like balance is essential. It's very essential. Yeah. And I think it was, it's, it's nice to realise that now. It's like, I'm now I'm realising this is the youngest I'm ever going to be. Like, I've never felt so young in my life, which is crazy. When I was 15, I didn't feel young. I didn't even feel naive. I actually thought mm-hmm. like, I was going, what was going on? <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was all that, you know? But now I'm realising, even though it's the oldest I've ever been, it's the youngest I've ever felt. And it's yeah. the freest I've ever felt. And it's a good place to be between having that responsibility, like you spoke about just now, but also still being quite young and knowing that there's life ahead of you. It's the most, it's the most knowing I've ever been, if that makes any sense. Like I'm mm-hmm. so aware of where I am now. And I hope that just drives me towards appreciating it a lot more because there's nothing worse than looking back and regretting. And I realized a long time ago, it's like if you spend your whole life looking back. Your life isn't getting any better. It's getting worse. Because that's right. you're looking back on the bad times, saying, oh, weren't they the good times? Because <laughs> you were looking back when you were on those times too. Yeah. I guess making the most of every moment and just living inside it. Oh, oh my gosh, I could even go off. Like, I'm so appreciative for like Instagram and Snapchat and just the idea and the potential for us to record things and keep them for future mm-hmm. It's so beautiful to look at pictures and videos from three years ago and be like, oh, look at me. I had no eyebrows or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But something about being in a moment and just like moving through something that's so nice and so beautiful and just so calming because you Uh know that in the past you didn't do that. You give yourself that pleasure straight away without having nostalgia, nostalgia attached to it because you're feeling it right now and you're appreciating it right now. It's not um, in hindsight anymore. It's present. You know, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that that part of our lives right now too. 100%, man. Yeah. It's so weird because, like, going back to the topic of, like, you having a phobia about your wedding day and stuff, mm. I feel like the more I get older, like, the more I change. Obviously, everyone changes. But when I was, like, younger, I always, like, envisioned, like, a wedding day, like the movies, like, you know, 600 plus people then just you know having the time of my life kind of thing Um, but as I've gotten older I feel like I've gotten more like um I don't think the word is private because I feel like the word private is like you kind of are not really a social person I feel like it's more like 
I'm less likely to want to share those important moments with so many people. If you go, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. So I, I, I honestly see myself having a very tiny wedding, like, yeah, you know what I mean, a hundred people. Honestly, like, ah, it, it, if I don't really know you, why are you there? That's yeah. the question. Like, why did I give you access? You didn't deserve that access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't deserve the access. Yeah. Um, and you know, some people, I'm not me personally, because I still have like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get it too much, but some people have this whole thing about evil eye and, you know, just inviting everybody into your space, letting people know what's going on at the early stages and then mm. having some adverse effects on that because they're just bad mind about you and your success. Or mm. is No, I don't really know if I agree with that too much. I get it to an extent. Yeah. I feel like bad things just happen and we blame it on evil eyes and really it's just life. But I do also understand just keeping private things private because why does everyone need to be in your business? Like, why does everybody need to be involved? You know? 100%. Yeah, no. I think it's so weird because that thing about talking about evil eye, it actually governs a lot of people's lives. Like, they'll say, I'm not going to announce this. I'm not going to say this because I really believe that, you know, people are just going to, you know, do something and it won't come to pass. And I feel like that mentality is really, um, what's the word? It's just a poor mentality. Come on. Especially like for us that are Christians, like I, I actually don't understand. Um, okay, I'm not saying tell everybody that you're four months pregnant and, you know, announce to the world, but it shouldn't be a thing whereby it's coming from a place of fear, that you're fearful that the reason why you're not telling people is because you think it might go wrong. Yeah. I just feel like, did you not hear the story of um, the cross and the gospel and the blood? Faith, Come on. Faith is. We you do what hope is. <laughs> Yeah, what you're saying has reminded me of like all of my experiences of growing up. But I don't know if you ever heard, and maybe it's like a Ugandan thing as well, but a Nigerian will not tell you when their flight is. And <laughs> 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 I'm flying in maybe next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not about to tell you that I'm planning to fly away on so and so date in four months' time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to tell you that I'm even five months pregnant. Like you'll see it when you see it. Or even like, um, like the name of my baby, for example, you know. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe I think it's a mix of an African thing and also a mix of like Christian thing, you know, naming mm-hmm. a baby after eight days or whatever. But um, I remember growing up, people were just so, people like in my culture were so shocked when a white person would have a baby and just name them after they pushed the baby out. Oh, like, so in, in, in Yoruba culture, you have to wait eight days before you name the baby. Yeah, I think it's, I feel like it's a mix of, I don't know if it's Yoruba or Nigerian or Christian or like a mix of all three. Okay. Uh, like for the first eight days of my life, I didn't have a name. I was named on the eighth day. And then my dad came up with those names of inspiration from like my grandparents or my aunties, uncles or whatever. So that's how I got right. names. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a name and I wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't. I, the nurses didn't know who they gave birth or who was given birth. <laughs> they were delivering. I don't know how they identified me after. Maybe they gave him some kind of name. Whatever. But you know what I mean? Just like keeping things like that to yourself, especially because like with Yoruba names, they have such an intense meaning. You know, there's mm-hmm. a whole story behind our names too. So if you're like an evil eye, um, evil eye merchant and you've named <laughs> something fabulous and you've told people ahead of the child's birth, they'll not come and do bad vibes towards your child before. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very, um, what's the word? Superstitious, I think, to an extent. It's quite I see. Yeah, yeah 100%. That definitely is what it is. And I think people people are scared and fearful and they always think that like bad things are going to happen. And I think whenever it's something as special as having a baby, they just feel like they would rather just keep it 
like to their close friends and family to know, which I guess in some ways is fair enough, but I don't think the motivating factor should be, oh my goodness, this person is going to bang juju on me. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fearful way to live. Like you don't want to live out of fear. I feel like we live out of fear enough as it is just day to day. Mm. Like keeping things private, you know. In fact, speaking of keeping things private, have you seen about Easter Ray? Oh my god, I was so happy. <laughs> she's married. I don't know why I was surprised. I she's my best friend, and she was meant to tell me. Like, of course, I was going to find her through Instagram. But people were like, "This is why I want to keep my life private. This is why you have to be quiet about your uh, <laughs> Move in silence. Move in silence. <laughs> I said, well, she wasn't going to text you. You're always going to find out. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, she did do like a whole like engagement announcement on Instagram. So maybe that's why people were surprised. But um, yeah, I'm happy for her. She looks fantastic on her wedding day. Same, same. Oh, I just love her so much. She's but this favorite. girl is such a joker. Like she said, like in the caption, she was like, oh, I just came back from a photo shoot with like someone's <laughs> yeah. husband or something like that. Yeah. I said, is this real? Is this fake? Yeah. Yeah, she oh. was like, oh, all my friends came in the same dress. They were so embarrassed. <laughs> oh she's so funny no she looked amazing I loved it like it was so cute yeah and I liked her dress too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah no I feel like like you said this whole evil eye the modern day version of that is movement silence don't let anybody know your movements you know or making money moves you know my success speaks for me you know that's all well and good I mean what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like why are you doing that if you're doing that because you feel like that's how um you best work then that's different but I feel like if it's from a place of like you're doing things because you're motivated by how other people are going to react it's really weird mm. 100% you know that reminds me of when people um enter a relationship and they cover it's usually girls covering boys faces oh uh, <laughs> they cover their man do you know how much that irritates me <laughs> to the point where I'm just like nobody cares like I definitely people really don't care and you know it's the worst when it's someone who's not even a celeb you're not a celeb okay you want to be these girls that they should be like oh my gosh I'm just trying to get through all the birthday messages <laughs> it's just so much <laughs> I used to think that maybe I'm right isn't it because they don't want anyone to come to them as a woman but I'm like well, all the more reason to show his face so you don't continue being shamed behind closed doors like yeah I'll call you who I'm with so you can why are you hiding take it for a <laughs> exactly yeah. honestly and I feel like girls should start obtaining this mentality that if your man can be taken he never was yours at the end of the day why would you want someone that could be easily taken off of you do you know what I mean yeah. It's not for you. So, yeah, like, it should be... Well, I don't know, because I never want to speak as, like, these influencer girls because I don't know what it feels like to be in that position. Mm. Um, And even people, like... I feel like it's a bit different when people decide not to show their kids and family members and stuff. But for the everyday girl like me and you, I just think that, like, yeah, it's actually okay. People more time do not care. And if anything, you know, people will be keeping it. It's good when people know who your man are. They'll see your man at a party and be like, oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? You guys represent each other. But yeah, it is a bit annoying. Yeah. 100%. Oh my gosh. Out of me and you, who do you feel like if we became famous is the most likely not to show our man? (laughs) Ask that question. Honestly, I mean, I'll say you only because I'll be so open with it. 
So I don't yeah. stand with it, but I will happily like if I if I like you, I've shown yeah. on my stories when I'm with them, and I feel and I or even my family or like my sister or whatever. So a boyfriend or a husband or whatever is just another part of that, just another person in my life that I care about. And all the friends that I probably even love, like I love this person romantically, maybe even almost more than other people. So if anyone's going to get shown, should it not be them? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe I wouldn't show him because he's famous or I know some people like they don't tag them because they know that some girls will literally look for him so they can have him. I never forget. Yes, someone they will find them. Someone tweeted like, um, so she said that her boyfriend posted a picture on Instagram and she put like a heart and like a ring, a ring emoji in the comments. And then some girl like <laughs> replied to her. <laughs> oh, what did she do? She like, put like a, she unlocked the, the padlock. Yeah, yeah. So that. <laughs> yeah, it was a padlock and a heart. So the girl put, um, she put an unlocked padlock. <laughs> Why are people so wicked? People are wicked. <laughs> Why would you do that? That is so funny, though. It is funny. I'll give that's her that. Hilarious. That's so funny. <sighs> Can you imagine? Maybe that's why some celebrities don't, because they know some people, it's literally their job to take your man, Mrs. Still Your Man, and they'll but do it successfully. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, someone comes to mind. I know people, like, I'm not, let me not say plural. I know a person particularly, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's many people like that who have, like, um, what's the word? They have a tendency to like what's not theirs. Mm. I've actually met someone like that and it's so scary because it's like it's not like they've just had that tendency towards one person mm. they just they just enjoy to be around guys that are taken and I think that if you like have someone like that in your life obviously you're not going to be quick to want to show your person around them but then at the same time it's kind of like if, if the person you're with can be taken up in that then what's the point of being with them in the first place but yeah like I just think on both sides, it's probably guys that are like that as well. You do meet people that kind of do like enjoy this whole thing of taking what's not theirs. Mm-hmm. What's not, yeah, what's not theirs, <laughs> which is so scary. Like, what is it in a person that makes them want that? Like, why I don't know. Taken. It's even reminding me of like you know Love Island and. Um, when- are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Chloe took. Um, I'll say quote unquote took Toby from Kaz, not a not a single single thought about Kaz or whatever. Yeah. And Abigail now came and took Toby from Chloe and she was sad. I'm like, haven't you heard of you lose them how you get them? Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's an ancient, ancient tale at this point. Like if you got somebody in a certain way, there's a very high chance that you'll lose them in that same way too. You wouldn't want someone like that. No, no, there's no point. A quick one. Um what do you think about what Hugo did at the recoupling? He just makes me sick at this point. Like yesterday, I, I actually almost couldn't look at his face when I was watching this episode. Like he genuinely thinks this is a fairy tale. It's giving me like teen flick when nerdy boy wants hot girl and eventually she'll notice him if he's just nice enough. Yeah. We need to throw this whole Mr. Nice Guy thing in the bin, like just because you're a kind person or nice person, which is like the bare minimum for any individual on this earth. It doesn't mean you deserve a woman. You know what I mean? I think he's trying to be like the quiet guy, trying to take the nice fruit, trying to be patient, whatever with Chloe. Meanwhile, she doesn't care less. She couldn't care less because I don't know she is who she is. And he's out here doing a speech, and she's like, "Yes, woo, woo, leaving poor George." 
I felt so sorry for Georgia when I saw that clip. I was like, geez, this woman is yeah. by herself. And then Toby got angry, but I felt like Hugo was just doing the most. I think he just got himself gassed. And he felt Same. Like he was doing something. And when he saw people's reactions, he just carried on because he thought, yeah, I'm doing something to so do something good. So he carried on. It was on. a lot. It was really a lot. I just feel like, obviously, I think everyone can agree that like Toby is just like the epitome of immaturity. But I think that like, I did understand what Toby was saying in terms of him feeling betrayed. Because if I ask you, Bedefla, what do you think about the situation? And we're like really close and you're like to me, oh, um, you give your opinion. And then when we come in front of everyone, you're given another side of your opinion or you're given your opinion like times 15. Like yeah. I will feel betrayed. I feel like, why didn't you say that to me when it was just me and you? Do you got, I mean, instead, it's like a, an attempt to embarrass me. It's to embarrass him and to impress everybody else. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right, so, embarrassing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I felt like it was a bit of an awkward one, to be honest. Why would you want to be the maid of the villa, anyways? And the way, this guy, <laughs> the way this guy carries drinks, do you think he works for or something? Hospitality, like oh. carrying plate, carrying, carrying this, carrying that. Like, oh, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. You know. I think I've talked about this before on the pod. I can't remember what. Whenever people say the name, I don't even know if we should be saying it, but whatever. This particular, we can edit it out. This particular um, agency, yeah. and there's other agencies that obviously the one that we work both worked out. These people, what they do there is inhumane. I definitely did. I ever tell you how one time, yeah, I went on a shift. I don't know what it was, but my friends told me every time I came on the shift, we would always get the worst one. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was like a manual labor shift. Yeah. <laughs> we were lifting drinks, like liters and liters of drinks. Anyway, that wasn't even the worst part. At one point, our boss said, you know what? We want you to go to this other section and help with the chairs. So I thought that it was going to just be like, maybe move a chair or two, whatever. Do you know that this guy wanted us to carry like eight chairs on our back? <laughs> Your back, Edafala. This man <laughs> wanted us to get eight chairs, put it on our back, and move the chairs from one side of the auditorium to another side of the auditorium, and like take. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Luckily, there was this that guy that was really friendly, and he was up to me and um my friend. Like, so I said, "Hey, leave it." Yeah. So yeah, he ended up helping us out with the chairs. Um, and yeah, the day ended like that. I'd, and then I, I looked at the money I was earning and I said, no, Joyce, this really, this labour that you're going through. <laughs> and now the money and the work was not adding up, you know, it wasn't adding up, but it was no. definitely character building, that's for sure. Honestly, like those, those agencies, the way they exploit um, young people, especially because they know that a lot of them is their first job and they yeah. just want to buy their air forces in time for summer. You know, and have enough know. money to go to university, which is literally me and my friends. Like we just worked there because they didn't even ask for our CVs. They basically just hired us on the spot and were like, mm. Yeah, work at this event, carry these drinks around. And we worked there together as well. So that it was fun. Like the laughs got you through the the abuse that you were receiving <laughs> yeah. every single shift. But then eventually, obviously, we all came to our senses and left. But no, that that whole that whole sector needs a reboot, a healthy reboot, in fact, because it's it's exploitative and it's horrible. Hundred percent. Best of luck to them and you know the management over there. All the best. You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast.
Oh man, but yeah, so guys, today we wanted to dive into the topic of modesty. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be modest? You know, what does modesty mean to us, our perceptions of modesty, how we dress, how we come across, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, so the way we actually decided that this is what we wanted to talk about is <laughs> we had a blast at a definitely birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> We had a good time. <laughs> we had us a good time. <laughs> it was so fun. Like, honestly, we went to a definite place um, and played games. I just had a really nice time. And then we went for a dinner. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just like, I was about to say where you live. And I thought, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we had a really good time. Um, but yeah, so like a few days before, a definite voice noted me and she was like, I want to wear this. <laughs> no, it's not even a dress. I want to wear this outfit. But you know, when you're kind of pushing and pulling between, should I wear it? Should I not wear it? Is it me? Is it not me? Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of talking about the internal dialogue that goes on between like what you want and then what you know is right to wear or what you believe, like, and how do you kind of reconcile the two? Yeah. So I think it's interesting because you can't talk about this without talking about the male gaze, as far as I'm concerned, because at least growing up, one thing I always heard whenever it came to wearing anything that was too tight or too revealing or too see-through, it was like, what are you advertising? <laughs> That's what my mom used to, it was like, what are you putting on show? She used to say, yeah. if, she saw, if, if she saw like a woman like showing bare cleavage, she'd be like, um, <laughs> you're selling those oranges too. <laughs> like, like, who's it for? You know what I mean? It's like, what are you catering to? And I think it's interesting or not interesting, especially not news to women in this world, that people perceive you showing any part of your body, especially a part that has been sexualized, as a way to say to men, oh, yeah, come look at me because I want you. Here's me telling you to come over. Or look yeah. at me because I want to, like, lure you into lust. I want to cause my brother to sin, which is a verse mm. that we talk to you. Obviously, it's a verse. That's a valid verse. <laughs> <laughs> which is a verse that we use, right? So that's one thing that initially has, that's the first layer of, like, uh, how should I dress that plays on my mind as in like why am I showing this is it for somebody else or is it for me because that's what I was taught was the was the point of showing your body was because you want men to see you you want men to see whatever assets you have you know and mm-hmm. then when I got to university I started to wear you could call them revealing but even to this day somebody will say that's not revealing at all I mean when I, started, <laughs> I mean off the shoulder that was it wow <laughs> Yeah, the shoulders out. <laughs> yes. So that was that for me. And then obviously, I think it's weird because I don't know how to explain this, but it's like there is a definite like grow in confidence with your body for a woman, full stop. And I think that's even outside of Christianity. But I think when you're a Christian woman, or when we, maybe not all Christian, women, but many Christian women, anyways, at least the way that most of us are taught, it's like that coming into your own and becoming comfortable with your body. And maybe even like starting to not care about the male gaze and dressing for yourself, which might include showing parts of your body. That really conflicts with what the Bible says about like, I don't know, modesty and causing your brother to sin on, you know, the right. 31 woman that we all aspire to be, you know, the, the yeah. good lovely wife or whatever, whatever, or the good lovely woman. So I think those two start to butt heads because I don't know about you, but I've definitely grown more confidence in my body. And it's interesting how like, um, body standards change over time you know 
So like the body type that I have right now, I'll be honest, it's not in fashion. Well, it's not in largely in fashion. Like I don't have a BBL body. I have anything close to that. So becoming comfortable in that was always a struggle for me, right? So mm-hmm. I'm starting to wear clothes that I think suit my body type. And if I'm wearing clothes that are a bit more revealing, I do my best to wear revealing clothes that I think suit my body type. But that is still clashing with what I'm reading in, in the Bible when it comes to what modesty should be. And that's also clashing with what I've been raised to believe, which is always going to be in your head. Even if you try to work against it, what you were raised to believe is always going to like be echoing in the back of your mind. It's like, you shouldn't be afraid showing your body full stop. Confidence or no confidence, good or no good. <laughs> Just cover up, you know. Yeah. Be modest, like you're a prize that needs to be unwrapped. You know, you're mm. showing everything, you know. It's for somebody else. It's for somebody. You're saving yourself for your husband or saving yourself for the man that's worth it but personally I got to a point where I was like well why does he get to be the first person to experience it why can't I appreciate my own body for myself yeah yeah. I express that in my in my clothing without being labeled as somebody who just wants attention like Mm. people don't understand when women do things for themselves as far as they're concerned only wear makeup for other people fair enough you wear it when you're going outside because people will see you but maybe I love the way that I look with makeup on because I just like my face with makeup full stop. It's not more complicated than that. Right. Same thing goes for clothing. There are clothes that I wear that might show a bit more of my body than somebody else would like or a bit tighter than they would like it to be. But I like how I look in this for myself full stop. And it's that simple. But we yeah. it. And then when you bring Christianity into it too, it gets a lot more complicated, you know? No, 100%. I feel like one of my main issues with like the whole... um the whole ideology of modesty within the church is that it's often tied towards the perception of men. And like you said, like the male gaze, like, you know, what will the men in the church think? Or you're causing your brother to stumble or you're supposed to be wrapped up for your husband to unwrap you, you know, (laughs) and all these different things, which I think is so problematic. I think that people or young girls should be introduced to the topic of modesty, not for other people, but for themselves. Like this this should be all suggestions on how you should dress or how you should love yourself. Because it all really ties back to self-love. I feel like if you are, you know, half naked and your boobs are out and your thighs are out and everything is out, some could argue that it speaks to how you perceive yourself because the way we dress is the way that we want to be perceived. Like, yeah. You know, the, the saying is dress how you want to be addressed, which is a bit scary because people will be like, oh my gosh, it's a rape victim. Oh, um, what was she wearing? Yeah. You know, not. Let's not do that. Do you know what I mean? But I think that um, people, I think that it's really, it's crazy because I think that it should just be an individualistic thing. And I think it should be taught as a thing that you kind of work out you know, work out your faith with fear and trembling, something that you work out with God as a unit together, rather than it being something that you're trying to do to impress other people. Because yeah. I think impressing other people never sustained you. Like, it's oh. only going to sustain you for so long. And now you're kind of teaching young girls how to people please from the age of 11. It's oh. not cute. Um, but yeah, for me, like similar to you, modesty was definitely a thing, like making sure that you dress appropriately was a thing. Um, and I think, like you said, your body type matters in this conversation because I think that sometimes for the slimmer girls or the girls that took longer to develop, it was not really much of a discussion. But yeah. for other girls that maybe were a bit bigger or developed earlier, it was always like a thing of you need to look like this and you need to do this. And you've got to remember that these girls are 
intellectually and in terms of maturity sometimes at similar levels so they might not understand like i feel like our, our parents used to just say this is how it's going to be and this is how it is and with no explanation do you know what i mean but now like being in my early 20s um for me it's been quite the opposite i think that for most for a lot of christian women it's like i need to reel it back in i need to dress more medicine more modestly and do like more to make sure that i'm not too revealing for me it's quite the opposite I feel like I was too like too like everything must be to the neck everything must be to the ankle do you get what I mean and too conscious and too like um and I think that kind of as I've gotten older I've wanted to explore fashion more and been like you know what actually I am 22 I'm not 47 and so I am gonna wear this (laughs) denim mini skets I'm gonna do it (laughs) I don't care you know what I mean um because yeah. I enjoy it and and ultimately I feel like we always bring this up in these discussion conviction is everything like yeah um, yeah discernment is everything there's certain things I'm not going to wear because it's just not who I am like I just don't believe it's it's a good representation of myself but yeah if it's a little bit shorter than other people would would like or if it's a little bit more revealing than other people would like I think sometimes when it comes to modesty it's very individualistic you know yeah and it's it's crazy because like I think sometimes people just people forget how much more confident confident you can be when you're wearing something that isn't so modest and I only say that because that's basically for someone that is someone that's comfortable in their body and that may be more revealing or type thing but it's like modesty can be such a blanket term sometimes and I get that there are different types of ways you can dress modesty different kinds of like styles and trends and fashion or whatever but I think the first thing that comes to somebody's head when they think of modest is a turtleneck and yeah. <laughs> a turtleneck and a long skirt Honestly. And you know what? I have worn that outfit many times, happily, you know, like I'm happy in that outfit. Yeah. But it can be so, I don't want to use the wrong word. It's either homogenous or hegemonic. I forgot which word it, which word it is. But yeah. it's basically like, so like, like this is how it looks. This is how modest looks, full stop. That it really mm-hmm. makes people feel like they're losing their identity in that. I can, mm-hmm. like, if I'm being told to wear this turtleneck and long skirt and I really, really don't want to, I feel like I'm losing my identity and my my chance of self-expression in this very simple, um, easily defined outfit. Do you get what I mean? I feel like I'm losing myself in it. But other things seem to have so much more of a scope. It's like you're either a goth girl or you're uh, you dress like this or you're a trendy girl or you like girly girl clothes or you're modest. That's it. Yeah. It's like modest is just one umbrella and there are so many other umbrellas that I feel like I can fit into at any point in time. So when I think of something that's a bit more modest, I feel like I'm definitely less, like less myself and I might have less confidence in that. And I guess people can argue that you should be confident in whatever you're in, but let's be honest, the way you look matters. When I don't feel like I look cute, my confidence is non-existent. Yeah, 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 100%. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want anyone to see me. Just yeah, the outfits that are possible for me to wear, and I think when I'm wearing something that I like more, if it is something that someone sees as less modest, that's actually their own business because my confidence still matters the most to me. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mm-hmm. know, yeah, uh, and it's important. And like you said, like those people's opinions is not it's not what's going to sustain you and what you believe is for you. And there's so many factors that come into it, like 
people's body types is a factor. I think that people's age sometimes can be a factor. You know, I don't expect someone who's 50 to be literally wearing what some someone that's 19 wears. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, all these things are different factors, I think, in kind of choosing what works for you. And I think that Christian women should have good fashion fashion sense. Like, don't let it be your Christianity that is you're using as an excuse to be coming anyhow. Like, it's <laughs> not cute that you, it's not cute when you're dressing like one turtle from head to toe. Okay. <laughs> That's what I love. Like, honestly, on Instagram, you see a lot of women who are like kind of modest in their approach, if that's what works for them. Mm-hmm. And they look amazing and they're dressing really well so I don't think that should be an excuse to just dress horribly type of thing but it's so weird because um there's a party that we went to end of first year called gang remember (laughs) that party it sounds like a gang affiliation even that was the most finished I've ever been in my life I don't wish to go back to that (laughs) oh my gosh it was a good time I don't even remember Anyway, that party, we were all in denim skirts. I don't know if we did. Did we decide to do that or like, well, how, how did that happen? I don't know. We must have. We must have. I don't see that being a coincidence. Anyway, so for me to wear a denim skirt, it wasn't even social, but it just wasn't really my decision. So for me, that was like kind of me kind of coming out of my comfort zone to be a bit more like, what's the word? Explore more with my with my fashion sense and what I wear. Um. And I remember that picture and I remember thinking, yeah, like that's just a bit m- more unlike me. But then mm. when I started doing that, I started kind of like exploring more with my fashion sense and it made me happy. I do. I mean, and it's not that like you do crazy things, but I, I also think that like where you're going matters. Do you know what I mean? What you're going to wear to church convention is not what you're wearing to the beach, baby. <laughs> Let's all like, whether we want to pretend or not, where you're going actually matters. Like when you're going to one family barbecue where all your aunties and uncles are going to be, it's not probably what you're going to wear to the barbecue with your mates, you know? The thing is though, some people would argue that you can be modest in every setting. There are some swimming costumes that I have seen that are very modest. Ha! <laughs> As in, they, they're literally giving Christian at the beach. <laughs> As in, Christian at the beach vibes. You go to the beach with jeans. You you go into the water with a jean on and a t-shirt that says Jesus loves you. <laughs> All in the name of modesty. <laughs> the same jean that you can drown in the water because oh. of the lakes that the jean is soaking up. It's it's such a it's such an interesting conflict. Even and modesty also goes down to things like um maybe not so much tattoos, but jewelry is one as well. Because right. I know that in RCCG, um RCCG Nigeria at least. Uh, the women don't wear jewelry. Not all women, but mostly women that are the women that get to be um, leaders of the church. Yeah, or like women just up there, basically, like with um, titles. They don't wear jewelry, and not even most, earrings. No, no, and most, if not all of them, cover their hair as well. So, oh. but even that's a different conversation together because, like, certain churches, their rules in. Nigeria, let's just say Africa, don't necessarily apply to the same church's rules in like in um, the UK or in America. Like the the rules back home are a lot more strict. Um, but yeah, I want to say something about um, like another conflict between what you touched on earlier in terms of being young and being the freshest you'll ever be, the perkiest you'll ever be. <laughs> 
in comparison to when you've had a few kids run through you, literally. <laughs> it's like, I just, I, I saw this video when the Euros were um, on and it was this lady, like her name was Dawn and she had the English flag wrapped around her and she was really excited for the games. And she was like talking to the English team and she was like, you're young, you're fresh, you've got it in you. <laughs> and that's been in my head so much, like you're young, you're fresh. <laughs> this is the freshest I'll ever be. And it's interesting to, I don't know how to explain it's like, I'm a Christian and I've heard all the Christian stuff like my whole life and I've understood some, understood other parts. I'm also, we are in the world. We're not of it, but we're in the world. So we do hear yeah. conversations that are of the world or whatever. And I do hear a conversation of like younger, older women talking to younger women and being like, show what you've got. If you've got something, you better flaunt it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even if it's small, if you like it, go ahead and show that. But I think obviously Christians, when I say it doesn't have to be shown, but I just struggle to believe that that's not from some kind of male gaze perspective again. Do you know what I mean? Like showing it to somebody. And I get that, yeah, you're showing it. When you're showing something, something is going to be seen. But it's like, I do also have this voice in my head where it's like, well, I'm young. If not now, then when? Like right, I, yeah. I do want to show off my I don't want to show off my body. <laughs> I want to do it. Sometimes that voice can can be dangerous. You're ready to risk it, or if not now, then when I'm young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to find that balance between yeah, you're just being influenced by the world that you are not of, that you're in. You're just listening yeah. to the wrong thing. You're listening to the wrong song, the wrong tune on the radio, or whatever. But it does get me thinking about like um age, but I don't want to make it sound like older women get all like short and ugly because they don't, you know. But it's just interesting to see like the different ways you can appreciate your body at different ages. And um, mm-hmm. once again, going back to what we said at the beginning, not regretting things as well. I don't want to act out of fear and do certain things because I don't want to regret not doing it because that's kind of, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. I do want to appreciate every asset of my, every facet of my being at every stage that I'm at, you know? 100%, yeah. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that like, with all this being said and although like... I, me and Adafel always like to refer to ourselves as liberal Christians, you know. <laughs> Some people might not like that, but <laughs> I do think that not everything is made to be on display. Like, I do firmly yeah. believe that. I do think that some things are, like like the saying goes, some things are better left unsaid, some things are better left unshowed, you know. It's not everything you must say. Um, and yeah, I just feel like in this conversation, what matters most is your heart posture, like with your why. Um, and I think that after a while, when spending time with people, you'll kind of figure out their why. Um, why do you do that? Why do you dress like that? Why do you feel like you have to do this, that and the other? And if those reasons are healthy, then by all means. But if they're not, then it's probably something you need to evaluate. Um, but yeah, I do think my, if I could write a letter to the church, you know, mm-hmm. as Paul did. Yes. I'm no Paul, but if I could write a letter, <laughs> I definitely would want people to kind of, Stay away from modesty having to be in direct contention with what men think or how are we going to help men feel better or you know because I, I think that's besides the point um and I think there needs to be more conversations around male modesty as well because that's also a thing mm-hmm. you're coming to chat your shirt is tighter than tight <laughs> oh we're gonna see every one of your six pack you know what I mean like no one wants to talk about that but it exists like there is a conversation for male modesty as well. I think when we level the, the 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 playing field and it's kind of more conversations around your modesty journey with God rather than your modesty journey so that you can be impressive or enticing mm. to your one day husband or so that you can stop your brother from 
falling type of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not so much a fan of that. Mm. Welcome back to the So You Can Relate podcast. In terms of social media, do you think that, have you ever like noticed yourself trying to do something so that you can post it? It's like, oh, that'll look good on Snap. That'll look good on Instagram. Like I wanted to go yeah. to a certain place or even like planning a certain outfit, not revealing or not revealing, just like I want to wear this nice outfit. Yeah. Like to have a picture taken that I'm going to post. Not everyone has Instagram, for example, anyways. But yeah, it's yeah. when you think about like how much of your behavior is influenced by what other people are maybe going to see. And it, when I think about it, it, it cripples me. I, I feel like I'm... <laughs> I feel stupid. I'm like, <laughs> I know. It could be exhausting. Imagine you've gone to a restaurant. Instead of you to have a good time and focus on your food, you must snap the food. No one can eat. <laughs> Nobody can eat until every food has been snapped. You're now spending one hour doing photo shoot in somebody's restaurant. <laughs> because Instagram must know it is it is a bit much. Sometimes it can be a bit performative and a lot. I yeah. I guess it has its positives because it creates memories and you always remember having gone to that restaurant. But then sometimes the time it takes just to get that one shot is just like really, is it really worth it? Yeah, like we just like it's it's like we set time aside, even on my birthday, right? So my, my sister and I went to um, a restaurant on the day of my birthday, then I had a celebration with you guys the day after. Yeah. So um I didn't have any heels here um where I live. Um, I don't really like heels too much anywhere. Like I, I just think they're long. But I said, okay, maybe she should bring heels for me. Um, so she bought like two pairs of heels from home. And she also bought these sandals that I wore eventually. And I was thinking the only reason I would wear these heels is to take a picture. Because I'm getting in an Uber. I'm sitting down in the restaurant. And ideally, I'm going back home afterwards. Yeah. So I also obviously planned to take a picture, which is fine. It's like a birthday picture. Why the hell not? But I knew that I wasn't really going to wear them for the sake of the outfit. I was going to wear them for the sake of a picture. And knowing that I myself don't even like wearing heels like that anyway, it just yeah. even more like, you just want a picture, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And, and eventually I was like, I don't even feel like I'm bothered to try. Because it's disappointing when you dress up for a picture and you don't even get one that you like. Oh, <laughs> so that is the worst. And you'll do your face your best. Do your hair your best, your outfit your best. You'll sit yeah. there at the restaurant and then you'll see the fit and you're like, no. <laughs> and you can tell straight away, like me, like with certain things, if I if I get my hair done, I will tell straight away if I like it or not. Like I can't even lie to myself. Same with pictures, same with dresses or outfits. Like I'm just like so brutally honest with my like I just like, I don't like it, I don't like it. <laughs> well you have to so I can only imagine going for all that effort and then you don't like the pictures. Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself and when I when I became honest with myself, and like you were saying earlier, I think I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like the first step to understanding yourself is asking why. Like, why is this? Why do I feel like this? Why am I doing that? Because we can get so frustrated with ourselves. And you know, I feel like maybe a lot of a lot of mental health problems and a lot of depression comes from frustration and not necessarily understanding why. Why do I feel so sad all of a sudden? Why do I feel so defeated right now? And I think if we're not conscious about asking ourselves why, we're not really going to understand how yeah. we're feeling or, or we're not going to understand why we're feeling this way, you know? So even yeah. something like Instagram pictures or, you know, you have your birthday meal and then you go home and you feel sad and you ask mm-hmm. yourself why and you're like, oh, I didn't get a good picture. <laughs> 
And that's when you realize. Ah, uh, you're talking like, about yourself, girl? <laughs> no, the thing is though, I think on my birthday, I didn't think, I didn't really plan. Like, usually I know in advance when I'm going to post a picture when yeah. I'm going out. Like when I'm getting ready, I already know if this is going to be something that's for the books. <laughs> yeah. So with my even with my makeup look on my birthday, I was like I was doing it. I just wanted it to be very very casual. Like I didn't do lashes or anything like that. I didn't really do anything too crazy. And I was like, let me just try and live in the moment. I did take pictures that I liked, but I didn't really want to post any of them. I don't think any of them were like Instagram Instagram post worthy either. But accepting that was good as well right. because. I don't want to get into this um, uh, this mindset of I have to post every single year on my birthday. Like that does not matter. As in, yeah, the way that doesn't matter is so much. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I tell at you. All. So I think it's also, it's also good to like disrupt unhealthy cycles in your life. And maybe someone will say I'm exaggerating, obviously, but it's like sometimes I'll think about even like I don't know engagement on any kind of social media platform, and I'll be like, oh, is it good enough? I'm like, but you're not a celebrity. Which one's mm-hmm. none of this. No one cares. <laughs> like no, no one cares. It's okay. Like we'll get so frustrated at ourselves. We're not getting um the highest numbers on this or the highest attention on that. But it's like obviously reach for the stars. And yeah. I mean with everything inside of me, but you're actually not a celebrity. And you know, I'd be grateful for that because they have a lot of stress that they go through being a little celebrity. There's a lot of that's going on for them, you know. But I think. Mm-hmm. We just get so involved in unhealthy cycles for things that don't even necessarily apply to us. And it's good to disrupt that when you can and just make your life a bit more manageable in that way. No, I totally agree. And I actually learned a lot from your birthday because I remember, like, honestly, we had the greatest time ever. I got there and it was just so chill. We were just playing games and listening to music. And, you know, like when it's just good vibes, like there's nothing, you can't duplicate good vibes. Like you can't go and buy good vibes from somewhere because if you could, I'm telling you, I would do it every day. I feel like with my birthday, I put so much pressure on myself. Like it has to be perfect. I have to look a certain way. My dress has to be a certain way, my hair, everything like, and that kind of pressure can stop you from actually enjoying yourself. Whereas I felt like with your birthday, um, it's like, honestly, like, Nothing could have gone wrong because the vibe was just, everyone was happy. Like it was good. Yeah. You know, we had a bit of, you know, a bit of liquid enjoyment yeah, as well. Here know. and there. <laughs> and, and it all was right with the world. And it was literally, <laughs> if you strip it down, literally meeting up, playing games, going for dinner, and that was it. But it was literally so much fun because of the company we had and mm-hmm. the, 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 the vibe we created. And I remember watching a, a video years back before I came to uni. Um, and people were so like obsessed with, oh, what uni is good uni? Like, what uni do you have fun at? You know, what are the good events, um, et cetera, et cetera. And someone said in their video that like, fun, like having fun doesn't just come upon you. You have to make the fun. Like, if you want your year group at uni to be fun and to have a great time, you go out of your way to make it be that yeah. way. And yeah. like, some of the best memories I had at uni was out of like, events that we put on or fun that we created no one is going to come and knock on your door and say hey um I've got a package of fun for you like honestly <laughs> sometimes you gotta just create these moments and these memories yourself yeah um and yeah like we did that a lot at uni and I'm glad that I kind of got that message early on um because sometimes we always like want things to just kind of be held on a platter to us but yeah my next birthday is going to be zero pressure baby yeah <laughs> Zero pressure, like just, I guess it's just important to just 
inject fun into things and inject meaning into life. And it kind of relates to like what you read in Ecclesiastes. And he's like, he spends the whole book saying meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind, chasing the wind. Working is chasing the wind, studying is chasing the wind, drinking is chasing, everything is just useless. And then in the last verse, I think it's like maybe... uh, I should find it and put it in bio, but like towards the end of Ecclesiastes, maybe chapter 12, I think it is. He says, um, basically he says the only meaning behind life is like living for God and basically saying in essence, God is purpose and saying that um, we're going to be judged for the bad things we do, but also the good things that we do. And I think we always forget that too. It's like judgment isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you'll be judged for the good things as well. And I think one way to kind of get good things out of life is to inject life with meaning. Like by default, life's default settings are meaningless. We give life meaning by giving ourselves education and jobs and family and friends. Because without Mm -hmm. that, you just literally be a baby crying on the street. You literally build things around yourself to give life meaning. Even in terms of like... um, I don't know, like having fun, like by default, by default, you're not having fun. You're just kind of sitting there. You go out and you find good things to do. Even mental health, by default, your brain's responsibility is to keep you alive. Your brain mm-hmm. is not responsible for giving you a good time. You have to go out and find that. That's how you oh, keep yeah. mental health. So I think factory settings of life are actually very bland, very gray, very nothing. You have to build on top of that and make times good with no pressure at the same time. Yeah. So, in essence, guys, I think what we're trying to say <laughs> is, I don't know, I've, I've learned a lot from in, um, injecting meaning into life, even though sometimes that can be quite frustrating and like boring in itself. It's like, oh, I have to keep giving everything meaning, keep finding something to do. Even that can get super, super boring. Mm. <laughs> I realized that recently. Like, do you ever get existential? It's like, oh, I'm chasing this degree, but in the end, what's the point? Yeah, what's the, what's the point of life even, you know? You're, you're oh, feeling... Like, it gets, like... There's that, that Bible, uh, is that um, book you always talk about, is it Ecclesiastic, that's talking about, like, everything is meaningless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything is so meaningless. Yeah. And it's a scary spiral to go down, you know? Because you'll be like, what, what is the point? Like, what's the point of yeah. anything? What's the point of anything? And um, I feel like if you get to that point, you realise there actually is no point, and then you'll want to go. I'll put it like that. <laughs> please. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it's so weird because that book is so true. You're feeling like everything's meaningless. But then at the same time, when you flip it on your head, everything is meaningful. Mm. We've managed to find the meaning in it. Do you got know what I mean? We've yeah. managed to find the meaning in the meaninglessness. Mm. So that's <laughs> a word for somebody. The word right there. My that's, name. True. that's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 lovely because it reminds me of like this scripture like when all is said and done and like whether you find meaning or you don't find meaning like we've got this hope do you get what I mean yeah oh I've remembered have you seen those videos going around of um Justin Bieber's concert no I haven't actually wait do you have TikTok no I don't (laughs) oh a death lot yesterday I was literally going to message you and I um I said you know what before I message you let me try to search up your name couldn't find you. You have to get TikTok effective immediately. Because I know, everyone says it, but they they say it's addictive, and that's why I'm like, I can't. I'm addicted. Okay, right now, yeah. Videos. I don't have time for the videos. amount of content I want to send you. Anyway, <laughs> it was basically like um, his concert, um, and you know he released his new album, 
I don't know if it's an album, I think it is, called Freedom. It's like a gospel um, album. Okay. Um, and anyway, so the concert was very much like Christ-focused. And he was talking about um, how Jesus is our hope. Um, and it kind of reminded me, because that scripture that I was talking about, like that we have this hope in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it, I, I love, um, I find it's so interesting, because like I feel like, sometimes like the people that you think that wouldn't have this revelation of Jesus or wouldn't know who God is kind of surprise you and like watching him kind of become like so much more outspoken about his faith is really like lovely to watch really. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you. It's really cute. It reminds me of like, um, you know, Chance the Rapper. Yeah. 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 And he's, I, I don't know, I guess he's lost a very big fan base. Really? Yeah. Because he, like, his first album, I think it maybe it was an album or an EP years and years ago, was called Acid Rap. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Acid Rap, a very, very good album, but he yeah. was literally on acid when he was making <laughs> And I kind of feel like that's why it was so good. Like, the album was really amazing, but he was literally off his head. And then, what's the next one he made? The next one was, was it Blessing or something like that? The one when he had his daughter. And that had a bit more of like a gospel influence, had like Kirk Franklin on it too, and people liked that one too. And then his next one he released was The Big Day, and people were like, oh, he's a Christian. <laughs> but, it's crazy because he will literally tell you about how Jesus turned his life around, literally someone yeah. addicted to acid. I think I watched an interview once, and the interview was like, what's that on your hand? And it was like literally acid burns on his hands, everything like that. And... um he was talking about like his grandma and how his grandma prayed for him to get converted to Christianity and just like give his life to Christ ever. So he's gone through this whole journey of like basically coming to Christ and being happy with himself and his kids and his wife and all his songs about, oh yeah, I love my wife. I love God. And everyone's like, boo. Yeah. They want to hear about the acid when you were in the pit. That's what they want to hear about. Can you imagine? That's what they want to hear about. But yeah, he's another example of that. But I feel like he's an example of where it didn't go so well. Maybe it's because it's down to the actual music or whatever, like the way it sounds or like how good it is. But yeah, it's just interesting when you see mainstream artists like give their lives to the Lord and seeing people either take to it or seeing people be put off by it. I kind of wonder what makes the difference. Yeah, it is weird. You do wonder what makes the difference, but... Did you to lose to, us to gain? Did you, <laughs> did you listen to um, Kanye West's albums, his gospel albums? No, so there's two albums I need to I need to listen. I want to listen to the Kanye West. Um, I listened to Jesus is King a long time ago. Yeah, but I want to listen to the new one, Donda, and I do want to listen to Dave's new album. What's uh, it called? I don't even know Dave's and what it's called. I think um, Alone in This Together or something like that. Oh, okay. Did you see the video of his mom dancing? Yeah, I did. It's so cute, honestly. Oh. What's the, what's oh, the Donda one? Is that by Kanye West? Yeah, I, I think it's an album. I hope it is because I've heard Donda Donda. Is it a con- listening party concert or something? Oh, so he hasn't dropped anything? I don't think so yet. Oh, okay. I don't think. But I heard a snippet on um, someone recorded him in the studio and it sounded really good. So I can't wait to listen. But yeah, guys, this has been episode 25. Um, yeah. Really hope you've enjoyed getting... Wait, wait, wait. Current yeah. fave. Do you have a current fave? Oh, current fave. <laughs> Do I have a current fave? Let me see. You you give us your current fave first. Okay, I'm actually prepared this week. Lovely. There's 
two songs. It's always going to be a song because I just love I love music. Literally, I can listen to music all day. I mean, who couldn't? But I just love I it. Anyway, so you know Trinity Five Seven. Yes, love them. So they have an album. What's the album called now? Let me see if I can find it quickly. The Kiss. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's called The Kiss. Came out in 2002. One of those ones that I heard in the car growing up a lot. And then I always try to find it on Spotify. And for the life of me, I could not find this album on Spotify. The same way I couldn't find Mary Mary's album, Mary Mary, with that song. You know the song Believer that I told you about when she's like, Yeah, your house is on fire, that one. Your house is on fire. <laughs> so that album as well. Yeah. And it's just not on Spotify. And I don't know if it's on Apple Music, maybe, but I don't have Apple Music. Anyways, so then my sister and I have this playlist on Spotify that we put music into if we want each other to hear it. So then one day I go on our playlist to see if she's updated it and I see these two songs by Trinity Five Seven that I've been listening to on YouTube because it's not been on Spotify. Oh, yeah. yeah. So one of the songs is called Holla, but it's like the remix. And I think it's got J Moss. And maybe Kirk Franklin at the beginning because he's just always up in people's music. Ah, uh, he's up in there somewhere. <laughs> that song is so good. It's got that really amazing early 2000s sound. Like, think about uh-huh. like Anthony's Child or like Merry Merry around that time. Just so, so, yeah. so good. And the other one is Dance Like Sunday. Oh, my, the way I dance to that song. Whether or not I'm good at dance, I don't care. I love, <laughs> I love Dance Like Sunday and also Rescue Me, which is a bit more, a bit more calm. But I really like Holler, the remix, and Dance Like Sunday by Trinity 5-7. I recommend it. Those songs are fantastic. Wishes to them. Loves where, lovely. I'm going to check some of those out as well because they are, I don't know them. So yeah. I love a bit of good music. Um, For me, my current fave is going to be this artist called um Limo Blaze. I always used to get his name wrong, but I actually had to read it. Limo Blaze, I'm sure like a lot of our listeners have heard of him, but he's really good. He's like an Afrobeats gospel artist based in Nigeria. Mm. And one of my favourite songs of his is Your Love and For Me. Honestly, like that album he did, let me find out the name of the album. Oh, the the name of the album is Afrobeats Rap and Jesus. It's such a good album. There's like four or five songs on there I really like. You should definitely listen to it. And I just feel like the beat, like whoever the producers were, what amazing and obviously the lyrics and the songs like it's just such good music um so definitely check that out guys my my, my recommendation will be for me is he like a, is he um a christian artist yeah he is yeah cool yeah 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 a bit of christian music for you fantastic oh my god wait there's this uh, wait there's this other song oh i better find it now yes it's called forever and now when I tell you, it's, I thought it was NSG when I heard it. It's so good. Ew. It's really good, yeah. Um, it's by this guy called Mide Nakai and Oscar. But forever and now, it's got like that NSG vibe. So if you like Lupita, T- what was the other one called again? I found that one, auntie. Um, OT Bop, all of those vibes, you'll like this song forever and now. Remember yeah. the grip that options had on people? <laughs> That's people uh, make money and die. <laughs> For me though, I was more of an OT Bop girl. Like when that dropped, yeah. Ah, I did it OT Bop. <laughs> OT shots. I really liked it. I love NSG. Like I'm a big fan. Yeah. You know how I really like? I like Western as well. 
They are underrated, you know, they're really good. They're so good. Like, they make the most perfect summer songs. They do, they do make bangers. Like, just press play on Western on summer, you'll be having a good time. They just accentuate the summer vibes. Honestly, they do. So, Wheezy Baby is coming. Oh, are you going? By force, by fire. <laughs> you know what? I was not sure whether I wanted to go. Like, I was just like, oh, I'll see. Like, I've been to quite a lot of these concerts. But then I watched that video I sent you where like they were kind of discussing the top five songs of Maiden Lagos album. And I said, I must be there. Yeah. I don't need, I don't have no other body. You don't need no other body. I need you to feel my body. How can I not be there? What? I love the way she sings. I try to leave, but I hey. can't. <laughs> Isn't, is she not telling our stories? Some of us, we try to leave, but we can't. Uh, <laughs> and I have to be there I'm sorry His new album is so good Do you know how crazy it would be If you brought out Thames for Essence uh, <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like he would it. Like I don't see why He wouldn't do that Yeah I don't I, I, I feel like it's evenly given To be honest Yeah Huh No, no I have to be there Hopefully the price won't be too mad. You know, Burner Boys tickets are still there. Like, they haven't sold out. You know what? When I went to his concert, like, a couple of years ago, I must have signed up through, like, a website and given them my email address. I've been getting emails at least twice a week about how this concert is still has tickets. They really need to reduce it. £100. Like, it's expensive. It's still a pandemic. For like standing. Hmm. Even, even Yam Carnival. That one is still so tickets, too. I think it's probably like the normal 60, 70 pounds for a for a concert. I, I think it's like a hundred, you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, if it's 60, we should go. Yeah. Because honestly. I'm just I'm I'm not surprised, I guess. Like I feel like the pandemic and just the price is just not a good mix for anything right now. Yeah, I hear that. Especially if something like Notting Hill Carnival being cancelled. I don't know why these festivals are even still going on. So I'm surprised. Isn't it? It's a bit weird. Yeah. 100%. Oh, okay, you're right. 70, some, 76 here. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. But yeah, man, we're going to leave you to it, guys. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Hit us in the DMs, in the comments. Let us know what your thoughts are on modesty and the other things that we've talked about today. Mm. Um. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. It's been your girl, Joyce. And it's been me, Adafala. Bye. Bye.